0: SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, weekdays 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. it is five minutes past nine in the second hour of the viewpoint for i must admit i love that that intro song there's like a beatboxing the hip-hop in me just suddenly came out and i wanted to, i wanted it a little bit prolonged <laughs> Yeah, I find myself listening to that um, w- While listening to songs when I'm on the road or at home And then just just after the hour when that plays And I'm thinking, oh, I might drop a 16 If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're not a hip-hop head It's okay <laughs> Let us move on. We will, in the next couple of minutes, opening up the lines uh, in our open line. I know there are a number of you who have been uh, calling, and we must go back to Patricia Anonymous in Durban. We'll come back to you and a couple of other uh, callers as well. So uh, please um, be patient, and also please make sure that you send us your WhatsApp voice note on 0614104107. At about 20 past nine, we'll open up the lines uh, to wrap up the show, and you can call on 0117142000. 2006. But for now, though, as a country, of course, we are gripped in the third wave of the COVID-19 pandemic. At the same time, we're seeing a gradual upping of the number of people that are being vaccinated i got vaccinated my first jab last week monday i think it was was it last week monday i think it was last week monday so i'm waiting for the second one i know people who were jabbed uh, got the um johnson and johnson uh, jab which is apparently you know one-time jab and i got the pfizer so i'm waiting for the the second jab and uh, there are plenty of conversations being had around um vaccination, what it means to be vaccinated, misconceptions that exist. Driving earlier on this morning, uh, I was listening to the radio and heard somebody on another radio station, a caller saying, now that I have been vaccinated, I don't have to worry about contracting uh, or being infected with COVID. And I'm thinking, wait, hold on, somebody correct him, because that's not the case, right? We seem to have some very, very uh, differing views and to some degree, confusion around what it means to be vaccinated. But at the same time, there is the question of if you have had COVID, how much time do you have to wait before you are vaccinated? Do you even have to wait? before you are vaccinated. And we have that conversation with Mohale Molloy, who is big. He sees a health a journalist uh, joining us now on the line. Mohale, a pleasure speaking to you. Very interesting circumstances. How are you doing?
1: Hi, Koketo. Um, it's a pleasure to speak to you after such a long time. I'm well, thanks.
0: I'm good, man. I raised a whole lot of questions, Mohale. Of course, we as a country, as a people coming to terms with COVID, coming to terms with vaccination. And there are a lot of misconceptions around uh, what a vaccine means for somebody. But at the same time, the most important question, which is what you um, dealt with on BeggyCesar.org, the 30-day rule, why you have to wait for a vaccine if you have recently had COVID. Let's talk about that. I must admit I didn't know up until I read the article that you have to wait for 30 days if you've had COVID before you can get vaccinated. Why is that the case?
1: Yeah, so it's the case because essentially the short answer is that you want to give your immune system some time to recover between it being very active with with, uh, dealing with the actual COVID infection and it's uh, dealing with the invoked response That's the response created by a vaccine. That's the short answer of it. And I actually, it makes sense that, you know, not a lot of, not as many people as I thought have heard about this. Um, Most people get asked when they're at the vaccination site, you know, have you had an infection within the last 30 days? And it's then that some people have been turned away saying you should probably wait a little bit longer because that's what the government guidelines are saying to them.
0: So let's just understand what that means. I mean, giving your immune system time to recover. Does that mean, if here's a scenario, uh, Mohale. If I had COVID and I didn't know and I go get vaccinated and the question is asked and I say, no, I have not had, and then I get the jab, what, what are the possibilities of what happens? What are the consequences? Is it my immune system reacting to the vaccine itself, or is it a case of the vaccine not being effective because my immune system has taken a beating?
1: So we actually asked that question to epidemiologist Professor Salim Abdul Karim, and he basically breaks down the explanation um, by giving you an understanding of uh, the different stages of a COVID-19 infection. So in your first stage, uh, this is the initial infection stage, The scientists call it the incubation stage. Um, That's the the first stage of having the infection. The second stage is when you start uh, showing clinical symptoms. So in this phase, you will actually get a positive uh, test if you go for a COVID-19 test. Um, And then the third phase is called the recovery phase. And this is where your antibodies are increasing. Um, Some people who do get infected with COVID will experience a fourth stage, which is called long covid And that's basically prolonged symptoms uh, for longer than the usual period of time. Mm. But basically what Professor Abdul Karim explains here is that in the first two stages, which I just spoke about, the virus is still replicating. So it's making copies of itself in your body. Mm. While that's happening, your immune system is basically forming like an attack strategy against the virus. So it's, it's starting to respond. If you vaccinate at that stage... Uh, your body will also trigger an immune response uh, based on the vaccine, right? Mm. Because that's what they're designed to do. They're designed to teach your body uh, how to fight the virus when a real infection comes along. So if you do these two within an overlapping period of time, essentially you're sending two signals to your immune system where it needs to respond. And this can result in overstimulation of the immune system, basically. Uh, and the scientists have this guideline just because you need to give your body some time in between mm. those two uh, immune responses, yes.
0: It still raises the question of, yes, you, you have my body reacting as it is from um, having had COVID and, of course, what, what a vaccine does to my body. And if or once I've recovered from that internal fight... Am I vaccinated?
1: Um, yes, yes, you you are because you have a certain level of antibody. But now mm-hmm. the thing is with naturally acquired, uh, with with acquired, when you get COVID from a natural transmission, essentially, um, what happens is that your body will then fight the infection. As I said, in the third phase, where your antibody levels start going up. What scientists don't know at this stage is how long that immunity lasts. So you do get some level of immunity from having a COVID infection itself. um, But scientists don't know how long that immunity itself lasts. So that's why the government guidelines, the Department of Health guidelines, recommend that you still get vaccinated. uh, And that means either get um, one jab of the Johnson & Johnson jab or two of the Pfizer shots to make Mm. sure that you have a sustained level of uh, immunity
0: and and on that um we we are seeing and you've covered this in your piece as well via biza uh Mohale, the the debate around one jab versus the two dose uh vaccine I, I mentioned right in our introduction that I got a pfizer jab about a week ago, and I'm waiting for my second one, but I also know of people who have received uh um the one jab from Johnson and Johnson. And there continues, it seems, to be a debate debate around the effectiveness of a single dose versus uh, two dose. And in the scientist world, if you will, that continues to be a conversation as well.
1: It does continue to be a conversation. And I think it's one of those things where the word effectiveness is being sometimes equated to something that it's not. Mm. Um, But to probably explain that in this conversation would probably take us another hour to get But what's important to sort of focus on in that conversation about vaccines is that the first thing they will do is reduce your chances of getting seriously ill. The second thing that they will do is reduce your chances of going to hospital and and probably die from COVID-19. Those are the two things we need to remember with Uh, both of the vaccines, which have been granted approval, um, some sort of temporary approval by the um, South African Health Products Regulatory Authority in South Africa. Uh, Another question we often get around this is, so how does this rule apply if you've had a COVID-19 vaccine already, you've had one dose, and then you get uh, infection between the 42-day period, which you need to wait for your Pfizer vaccine, as you said, Um, You had your vaccine, you had a a Pfizer jab last week. Um, Mm. So if you happen to get a COVID-19 infection between now and your second dose, you would effectively still need to wait either 35 days after your last positive test or 30 days after you last showed symptoms
0: uh, Mm.
1: before you can actually get the vaccine.
0: That is so important, and and part of that, uh, Mohali, and and I know this is a, an area that, as Begisisa uh, you you've also uh, covered in extensive work that you have done, is the the need for us to take the responsibility when we have what appears to be COVID-related symptoms, to go and get tested. Because in having the information, it allows for you to make the right decisions like wait 30 days before your first jab, or as you just said, wait 30, 35 days before the second jab. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and with that waiting period, it must be said that Professor Karim did explain there's no particular adverse reaction that's going to occur. Um, if you if you do have the vaccine earlier in that 30-day period. It's just that the policy guidelines uh, uh, really are shaped towards uh, having the best health outcome for every person who gets vaccinated. So they, mm-hmm. essentially, they just don't want to over uh, overload or confuse the immune system effectively. That's why the guidelines are in place. Um, other people have also asked us, you know, um, what if I've had COVID but I didn't show any symptoms? Um, and this is another sort of question that's been coming up to us a lot directly. Um, and what the guidelines say about this is that even if you actually didn't have symptoms, you should still get fully vaccinated. And yes, it is hard for specifically people who didn't show any symptoms to know whether or not they've had COVID-19. But um, yeah, the essentially, these guidelines are in place so that we have the best health outcomes for ourselves.
0: We're in conversation with uh, health journalist and television producer for Beki Sisa, Sisa Center for Health Journalism, Mohale Loy uh, Mohale, in, in conclusion, I want to go back to, to the numbers um, around vaccination in the country. Yes, we have uh, at least we, we started um, disturbingly slow there were all the issues that we have experienced but as it stands just just uh, below 3 million people fully vaccinated and just over 4.5 million people receiving their first dose it it looks good is it good are we are we making the progress that we should be making
1: so yes in terms of progress the vaccination drive is ramping up last week was a bit of a more difficult week for uh, the ramp up to happen because there were constraints with uh, vaccine supply. But now that we've gotten such a large consignment or part of a very large consignment from the United States, uh, it puts us on the right track. So um, I've actually just uh, logged in the numbers of vaccinations for today. And the latest uh, numbers, actually, sorry, before I get into the latest numbers, I think the best way for us to understand how we're making progress with the COVID-19 mm-hmm. vaccine is to sort of measure how much of a, a province's population that is eligible for a vaccine has gotten a vaccine. Mm-hmm. So in, a, in South Africa, that um, means people 18 and above, because they're the only ones who can get a vaccine, right? So mm-hmm. of the, there are around about just over 40 million people uh, above the age of 18 in South Africa, Currently, we're sitting on 7.7% of them fully vaccinated. Um, And that is a number that's just over 3 million, um, which is still quite good. Um, Well, we're making significant progress, is what we can say now, with uh, Limpopo province actually being the best, if you use this metric. So they have the highest percentage of adults who are fully vaccinated at 10.8% today.
0: Hmm. Promising numbers, but still a lot of work that needs to be done. Uh, Muhale, we appreciate you making time. Thanks to you, um, to Mia, and the entire Biggie Caesar team for the work that you've been doing over the past couple of months. Thank you very much, brother. Really, really proud of you. Thank you. Bye. Much appreciated. Muhale Muloi, health journalist and television producer for the uh Center for Health Journalism. And I would encourage you to go to their website and look at uh, the, the information that they've shared with us. Uh, Muhale making reference to the interview that they've had uh, with uh, Professor uh, Salim Abdul Karim. And they've got um, a podcast of it there, the conversation via YouTube as well. And the stats that we need, that give us an indication of how we are doing in the country. And you can go to um, beckycisa.org um, online to go and access all that information. It is 21 minutes to the hour of 9. Up next, we take your calls on 011-714-2006. Your WhatsApp voice notes as well, 614 it is the viewpoint. Gogezo in for Songgezo.